Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Today on Inside Politics, new warning signs for the White House. New CNN polls out today show President Biden trailing Donald Trump in critical battleground states, places Biden won in the last election and needs to win again. Plus, taking on Trump. With just five weeks until the first votes are cast, Republican presidential hopefuls are stepping up their attacks as a new poll in Iowa shows Donald Trump's lead is only getting bigger. And under pressure. The president of the University of Pennsylvania is forced out and now calls are growing for Harvard's president to resign after her widely panned comments on the rise of anti-Semitism on campus. Many Jewish students at Harvard say they don't feel safe. It felt like a failed leadership. Mm-hmm. I was really expecting a clear set- statement of we're against anti-Semitism and Either here's our plan or we need your help implementing this and that. Instead of this, when hearing the lack of response, they attempt to evade, um, it just made us feel like we're alone in this. We start today with CNN's exclusive battleground state polls. Who else is here to break that down other than David Chalian? David, start with uh, the basics, the overview. Yeah, the overview of Biden versus Trump. If that is a rematch that we're headed for, and it certainly looks like it is, in these two critical battleground states, Georgia and Michigan, in our new poll conducted by SSRS, Donald Trump has a lead in both. He's currently winning uh, both states. Now, as you noted, Joe Biden won them in 2020. Mm -hmm. They were two of five states. He flipped from red to blue. And that is how he got to the White House. 49% to 44% in Georgia, Trump advantage there. An even larger advantage in Michigan, 50% for Trump, 40% for Biden. And I just want to show you in Michigan specifically, Dana, look what happens when you add in these independent third-party kind of candidates. Biden's number goes, Trump's number goes down too, but Biden's number goes down real low. So 39% for Trump, 31% for Biden. RFK Jr. pulling 20% in Michigan. Cornell West getting 6% right now. That, in addition to Donald Trump having some strength, clearly, this is another threat coming at Joe Biden from another direction. Yeah, I mean, just look at those two numbers. There's only an 11 percentage point difference between Joe Biden and RFK right now in the important state of Michigan. We'll see if they can maintain the Yeah, I mean, that's right now, a snapshot as as our... All polls. Good point. Uh, Let's look at what would happen if one of the other Republican candidates were to match up against Joe Biden. So we also tested uh, both Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley. You'll see here in Michigan, Haley is walloping President Biden, 50 percent to 38 percent. 
Trump, we noted, is at 50% to 40%. And DeSantis in Michigan has a seven-point lead, 49% uh, to 42%. And we looked at the, uh, question, the characteristics that people are looking for in their candidate. Yeah, you know, it's a bit of a Goldilocks kind of question, <laughs> like exactly what you're looking for. Um, and that's what we asked. We said, do, which candidate here exactly has the attributes that you want in a president? Now, nobody has exactly everything, but take a look here. On temperament in Georgia, 20% of people say Biden has exactly the temperament they're looking for. Not too different from what Donald Trump has. 18% on temperament, which was one of Trump's weakest attributes tested. Everything else, you see that Trump outperforms Biden. Understanding people like you, only 14% of Georgia voters say Biden has that exactly. Trump better. Policy positions, 13%. And only 7% of Georgia voters say that President Biden has the sharpness and stamina exactly as they are looking for in a president. 31% of Georgia voters say that about Donald Trump. Before we move on, I'm no mathematician, but none of these adds up to 100. Does that mean that a, a number of people just don't like either of them? Correct. Any or, of or think that these attributes do not apply in, for either candidate right. in the exact way they want to That's see. That's very telling. But here, Biden is underperforming Trump in most of them. Okay, let's talk about the issue, the economy. Yeah. Take a look. This, I think, is one of the biggest warning signs in the poll for Joe Biden, because in both Georgia and Michigan, Dana, a majority of voters, 54% in Georgia, 56% in Michigan, say Biden's policies have worsened economic conditions for them. Okay, only a quarter in each state say that economic conditions have improved under Joe Biden. This is the perception we see day in, day out, the White House trying to change. It just isn't yet working. Yeah, and they are trying very, very hard. Yeah. Warning sign is a very important term, I think, to use, particularly for that top one. David, thank you. Nice Thanks. to see you, as always. And while voters in these key states say that Joe Biden's economic policies aren't working, as David just showed us, the president is sticking to his message. Listen. They started off making fun of it, calling it Bidenomics. Well, guess what? It is Bidenomics. We have a lot more to do to put our plan is already paying off. We've created 14 million jobs since you took office, more than any president's created in all four years of a term. Wages are up more than inflation. The economy grew by 5% this last quarter. Today, the supply chains are strong, but we have more to do to bring down inflation beyond the two-thirds we brought it down. America's had the strongest growth and now is the lowest inflation of any major economy in the world, but there's more to do. I want to bring in our excellent reporters on our panel today, CNN's Jeff Zeleny, CNN's Eva McKend, and Josh Dossie of The Washington Post. Nice to see you all. You, you both were in Iowa, uh, well, a lot, but most recently this weekend. So we're going to talk about that in a minute. But let's just talk about first the national picture uh, and, of course, what we just saw in CNN's new polling. Uh, starting with kind of the, the feeling, Jeff Zeleny, inside the Biden campaign whether or not they see these polls, particularly this, the, excuse me, the CNN state polls in Georgia and Michigan, two important states, and how worried they are. Look, I mean, there's no doubt that this is not really coming as a surprise to the White House or the Biden campaign. Uh, they responded this morning saying, uh, voters vote, polls don't vote. Of course, all that is true. But the question is why? And why is the economy? Uh, voters in Michigan and Georgia simply have not responded to the president's policies. And as you're talking, um, I want to put back up the uh, 
economy numbers in Georgia and And these are uh, so stark. Yeah. As, as you were saying, I mean, it's a majority of voters do not approve of the policies of the Biden administration, if we can look at those Michigan and Georgia numbers. And that is what is a, uh, a central challenge. So look, a lot of numbers here today with polls, a lot of numbers on our screen here right now, improved conditions, only a quarter of voters had no effect. And these are, you know, some of these voters are driving on new roads that the Biden administration is paying for, flying in new airports. Uh, a lot of things have been done, yet they don't feel it. This is a classic case of an incumbent president. Uh, you know, just uh, there's a malaise out there. Now, they will argue once this becomes a choice, a contest with Donald Trump or another Republican candidate, this will uh, level out a little bit more. Um, that may be the case. But for now, it's not good. I mean, this is why the investments in various coalitions over the coming months is going to be so key. I was speaking to a Georgia-based organizer traveling the country right now, training college students uh, to register voters. You know, that work, you always hear from these progressive groups, they need funding. I think when you see numbers like this, that those calls become all the more dire. They are going to have to do all that they can to make decisions that really motivate and wake up the base and not depress those voters. Josh, what are you hearing from your sources about the state of play right now? Well, folks in President, former President Trump's orbit are quite happy that he's dominating the polls in Iowa, uh, that he's dominating in other states. I mean, you saw the Iowa poll today came out. Um, he's up 32 points over DeSantis. They sort of view uh, that he's leading Biden in a lot of these early states, too, as the main argument against former President Trump from a lot of Republicans have been he's just not electable. You know, you might like this guy, but you saw the Koch brothers tried this, Club for Growth tried this, all these well-pocketed groups were trying to make the argument to Republican voters you might like this guy, but he's just not electable. You see, what these polls are showing and what we're seeing throughout other states is it sort of undercuts that argument that maybe he's not electable. Uh, and that a lot of those arguments just are not working against him. So on the Republican side, I think the, the other folks are flailing, but former President Trump's team feels pretty confident where they are in this moment. And we have another uh, national snapshot or another. In addition to the state polls, we have a national snapshot from the Wall Street Journal. And it goes through the issues that are the most important. And you see there, you just look at the blue and the red. The economy, red, that's Trump. Inflation, red, Trump. Crime, red, Trump. Border security, Israel, Hamas. Uh, the things that are different and that flip to Democrats are abortion right. and tone in politics. Right. I mean, abortion, obviously, abortion rights have been a driving force uh, for Democratic voters ever since the uh, Dobbs decision. Uh, so they are, are hoping for that again. But uh, there are also Democrats out there who, uh, you know, sort of worry that that cannot be overly relied on. But to Josh's point, there's sort of, uh, you know, the meta argument and the big picture of this all is Joe Biden's weakness has strengthened Donald Trump. And it's taken away the argument for other Republicans who are saying that Trump's not electable. So that is really the concentric circle here that is a challenge for a Nikki Haley or DeSantis. They had been hoping to make the argument Donald Trump can't win. If these polls show that, well, maybe he can, that uh, sort of erodes their support. So that is uh, uh, their burden here. Five weeks from tonight, the Iowa caucuses open this contest. And if uh, this lead by the former president holds, 
it's pretty much lights out. What's so but interesting to me about sorry, what's so interesting to me about the polls is how durable they've been in all of these states and how consistently Trump has stayed ahead. And these various groups, uh, you know, billionaire donors, all sorts of constituencies that wanted to knock him off have tried all sorts of messages and they haven't worked. Candidates have tried all sorts of messages and they haven't worked. So so far what we've seen on the Republican side is that he's seemingly almost untouchable. I mean, I guess that could that could change when folks start voting. I mean, you never want to be too predictive here. But it's sort of remarkable that the efforts on the, the anti-Trump efforts in the Republican Party have failed so spectacularly over the last six months. They've gained no traction. If anything, he's stronger in, in these states than he was before. And I think there's some soul-searching among those who dislike you know, former President Trump who have wanted not him to be the nominee again of why that is. Let's uh, drill down on one of the issues that came up. Well, it's obviously coming up all over the place, but that was notable in this Wall Street Journal poll that is different from all the other numbers uh, that gives Joe Biden an advantage, and that is the issue of abortion. Uh, Republicans know this, and I, I was really struck by what Republican Senator J.D. Vance of Ohio, who is a big Trump supporter, very conservative, uh, said to Jake Tapper about this issue. We have to accept that people do not want blanket abortion bans. They just don't. I say this as a person who wants to protect as many unborn babies as possible. We have to provide exceptions for the life of the mother, for rape and so forth. Uh, that is just a basic necessity. If people see Republicans not as the party that's trying to make it easier to have babies, but is just trying to take people's rights away, uh, then we're going to lose. Yeah, I mean, he is pretty clear eyed and practical about this. I remember being in Pennsylvania last year talking to uh, young Democrats who were otherwise not really engaged, not really happy with the job the Democrats were doing, but were really concerned about reproductive rights. And it is a, a hugely motivating issue. It's an issue that also wakes up independents and Republicans realize that they have to change course on this from a messaging standpoint. Yeah, and that's clearly what he was trying to do there. And he, uh, it's, it's one of the issues that Donald Trump has been kind of different from the other Republicans on because he's trying to take the national, uh, the long-term general election, I should say, perspective, which is ironic, which is a whole nother conversation. <laughs> uh, but you mentioned uh, Iowa and you mentioned the new poll out there. We're gonna drill down on that when we come back. The Republican presidential candidates are barnstorming Iowa, of course, ahead of next month's caucuses. The new poll we were talking about does show Donald Trump with a commanding lead. So the question is, are there still enough voters to stop him like this? Controversy follows him. It's not that he's not intelligent. He just creates controversy and that slows everything down. It's just not helpful. This podcast is supported by Sleep Number. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores? Sleep Number does that. Only Sleep Number smart beds let you each choose your ideal comfort and support. Your Sleep Number setting. Sleep Number smart beds learn how you sleep and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. All Sleep Number smart beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. Temperature-balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. 
For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. An 11th hour reversal from Donald Trump. He canceled his planned testimony today at his civil fraud trial in New York. Trump made the announcement on, where else, social media. He said, I have already testified to everything and have nothing more to say other than this is a complete and total election interference Biden campaign, witch hunt, that will do nothing but keep businesses out of New York. CNN's Kristen Holmes has been all over this. Kristen, what are you hearing from your sources about the reason the former president decided not to go? Well, Jen, I just got off the phone with a senior advisor who told me that ultimately Trump came to this decision after meetings with his legal team, with some outside allies, that essentially there was nothing to gain from actually going through with that testimony. He had talked extensively about it, saying that he wanted to finish some of the thoughts, some of the testimony that he didn't feel like he got to when he was being questioned by the prosecution, but that there really wasn't, more, there was more risk than reward for him to get back on that stage. And he was ultimately convinced that essentially he had given testimony, that he had gone through all of those facts. So now where we are with this case is that it is wrapping up this week. We expect another expert witness tomorrow to finish up his testimony. But one thing to note here is that these are just the beginning of Donald Trump's legal problems. And when I'm talking to his team, they are still figuring out how they are going to navigate all of these upcoming trials with him running a presidential campaign in 2024. And as you've been talking about, I mean, especially with this giant lead in the polls that they're seeing, you know, they have to figure out if he is the nominee, which obviously seems like he is inching towards that. What exactly is that going to look like in the next year? And what's next in the case, Kristen? So they do expect the case to wrap this week. There's another expert uh, testimony he had started last Friday. He will finish tomorrow. Uh, but we aren't expecting any results or any ruling on this until early next year. That Those are kind of the next steps right now. So they'll be sitting on that. And important thing to note, which we have often pointed out, this case is very, very, very important to Donald Trump. He did not have to appear a number of times, and he did. This is about the future of whether or not he'll be doing business in New York. It also goes to the core of his identity, this idea that he inflated his wealth, that all of this uh, was just for tax purposes, but it wasn't actually who he was that was made up. Uh, that is part of something that has really bothered him. And obviously, we've seen that as he has gone out and repeatedly stepped to the cameras at the courthouse to talk about how the numbers, the inflation is wrong, also attacking uh, mm -hmm. those who are in this, involved in this case. Yes, he has. And it's hard to believe, but you said next year, that's like in a couple of weeks, yep. <laughs> which is wild that we're almost in 2024. And thank you, Kristen. And speaking of that, just five weeks to go until the Iowa caucuses. And Donald Trump does appear to be getting stronger in the Hawkeye state. According to a new poll just this morning from the Des Moines Register, 51 percent of likely Republican Iowa caucus goers say he's their first choice. That is a staggering 32 points ahead of Ron DeSantis, 35 points ahead of Nikki Haley. 
The former president is up eight points since October. DeSantis and Haley remain statistically stagnant. Plus, the pool of persuadable voters is getting smaller. 49% say their mind is made up. That includes a whopping 70% of Trump supporters, making it even harder to see anybody catching up with him. Our great uh, panel is back with us. Jeff Zeleny, you, a, you are a former political reporter for the Des Moines Register. Right. This is a, a poll that the candidates this time of year are waiting uh, to see. And uh, it certainly doesn't look good for anybody except Donald Trump, according to the poll. That caucus process might make for a few surprises. But what are you hearing? For sure. I mean, we've seen a lot of surprises in the history of the Iowa caucuses. Uh, but time is running short for those surprises to emerge. Uh, a lot of the rivals, you've been speaking to them as well as I have their campaigns, they were hoping to see some movement, particularly Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. He has the big endorsement from a very popular uh, figure, Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds, mm -hmm. uh, and other evangelical leaders. And he, he ticked up a touch, but uh, is at 19%. So the bottom line is Donald Trump is driving this conversation. One number I saw in the poll that I think underscores an important point. The Trump campaign has been running a really strong campaign in Iowa. He's not just going there to speak willy-nilly. Is this first-time caucus goers? First All right, let's put this up goers. while you, ta while you talk about it. this is why this is important. Take okay. a look at these numbers. 63% of first-time caucus goers say they are supporting Donald Trump. Only 12 for DeSantis, 11 for Nikki Haley. The wow. reason this matters is this, because they are potentially expanding the caucus electorate. Uh, and that means the Trump campaign is doing work on the ground that they didn't do eight years ago. I remember in the end of 2015, early parts of 2016, a lot of Trump supporters, he had a lot of support out there. They didn't know what a caucus was, and mm -hmm. we should say what that is. It's a neighborhood meeting. There are uh, thousands of them held across the state, Monday night, 7 p.m., exact same time. You have to get your supporters to this location. Uh, they didn't, were not organized. This year they and are organized. they still organized, came close to Ted Cruz. For sure. So that's one of the challenges. But we should also point out that 49% say their minds are made up. That means half are not. Trump supporters are sticky, as we know, but uh, there is still a sense out there. Eva, you know, and you are talking to voters as well. It's pretty easy to find Republicans who want to move on. And Eva, before you jump in, I want to show our viewers some of the work that you've been doing out on the road in Iowa. First, let me just kind of set the table with uh, this Wall Street Journal poll. This is national. It's not Iowa, but it gives you a sense of the argument that you say that Nikki Haley is making uh, on the trail, which is electability. I mean, nationally, if you look at that poll, she can make the argument that she is electable versus Joe Biden. Um, now I want our viewers to hear what Nikki Haley said on the stump about that. Don't complain about what happens in a general election if you don't play in this caucus. It matters. If you look at any general election poll, Biden and Trump are head to head. On a good day, they're two points. Wall Street Journal today, Trump is up by four points. That's the margin of error. In every one of those same polls, I'm up by 10 to 13 points. And here's what some voters that you spoke with in Iowa said about that argument. I've just been really finding her to be more appealing. Each time I see her on the debate stage, I like what she's saying. I like that she is a strong woman that doesn't back down. My belief is she's the only one that can probably uh, reach that independent vote and truly secure the presidency. I wouldn't be here if I uh, didn't believe that she had a very good chance of winning it. I think Trump, Donald Trump's very beatable. 
Eva? Yeah, I mean, this is central to her argument in the closing weeks, that she is a more competitive person to go up against President Biden uh, next fall. I don't know uh, how many Iowans she can convince of that in just five weeks, but there certainly is an appetite for this argument. And in that poll, above 40 percent of of um, of Iowans say they could still be persuaded. Right. There's still a market for this argument. What you're seeing are people show up to her rallies who they voted for Trump in 2016. They voted for Biden in 2020. And now they're uh, supporting her. So she really is speaking directly to these swing voters. And then there's Ron DeSantis. And it's Iowa bust, basically, for Ron DeSantis. Let's listen to a little bit of him on the trail in Iowa over the weekend. He's his own worst enemy by not being able to control his mouth. And that has consequences for governance and us being able to get things done. You can't have Hawkeye Haley here saying she's conservative and then uh, more nuanced Nikki appealing to independents and and liberals in New Hampshire. Uh, That doesn't work. You got to have the same message everywhere. Josh. Yeah, well, Ron DeSantis is certainly banking it all on Iowa. I mean, he's finished in 99 counties. He got the endorsement, as Jeff said, from Kim Reynolds, a popular governor. He's, you know, visiting all these churches and these towns and really barnstorming the state. Doesn't seem to be working. I mean, it doesn't seem to be working. His campaign is sort of in turmoil. His outside group never backed down, has lost all of their top officials, or a lot of their top officials at least, in the past few weeks. Uh, his numbers have not gone up. In fact, most of the polls have either stayed stagnant or gone down. And he's doing this traditional leg work that is, is viewed as sort of a prerequisite to compete in Iowa. But it doesn't seem that people are liking what they're seeing uh, so far. Uh, I was communicating with the, with the DeSantis source this morning who said, well, we're taking so much incoming in Iowa from both Trump and Nikki Haley. I'm surprised we didn't do worse. You know, I mean, take that for what that it's worth. Thing. I mean, they really <laughs> thought they would do better. I mean, but we yeah. should also point out this poll was taken uh, right before the debate. So there is still there are still voters making up their minds here. But uh, a challenge is, as we've talked about uh, before, uh, the other other campaigns, DeSantis and others, trying to convince Republicans that it's still a race. Yeah. Right. I mean, one man told me in frustration, he just wishes Republicans in Iowa would come to their senses and rally around Ambassador Haley. So there are some voters out there who are practical. They're principally concerned about winning. They're thinking about electability. They're true conservatives and they want to actually win in a general election. And so those voters at least are still up for grabs. Well, CNN is in Iowa this week. Be sure to tune in on Tuesday and Wednesday for CNN's town halls with Governor Ron DeSantis and Vivek Ramaswamy. The candidates will take questions live in Iowa. Coming up, Mission Impossible, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky is coming to Washington, hoping to convince Republicans in Congress to send him more aid. Ukraine is running out of ammunition and running out of time. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky will be in Washington tomorrow to meet with President Biden and top lawmakers, including House Speaker Mike Johnson. His goal is to convince Congress, especially Republicans, to invest in his country's existential fight with Russia. Zelensky's crucial last-ditch lobbying effort comes as Congress remains stalled on an aid package for Ukraine, Israel, and others. CNN's Manu Raju is following this from Capitol Hill. Manu, what are you hearing about the welcome 
uh, that he will get or whether or not people are in the uh, sort of the mood to be open to changing their minds. It's going to be very hard for the president of Ukraine to change the dynamic here on Capitol Hill. Republicans are dead set. Even the ones who are staunchly supportive of Ukraine insisted at first that there needs to be changes to immigration laws, tightening the laws at the border, given the migrant surge that is happening there. And they have proposed changes to asylum laws as well as parole laws, how the president can grant parole to migrants crossing the border. Those changes, though, have gone nowhere because Democrats say that they go far, they go way too far. Some even two prominent Hispanic Democrats, Democrats came out today said doing so would essentially lock in Tr the Donald Trump hardline immigration policies. So there is this lingering divide over immigration. And that's exactly what Republicans say need to, needs to be resolved first before they will agree to green light more funding for Ukraine and with it aid to Israel as well. So even this pitch, this concerns that Zelensky undoubtedly will raise tomorrow that if it does not get enacted this month, that Ukraine could fall to Russia, changing the dynamic and the politics in the capital is unlikely, despite those urgent pleas we expect tomorrow morning. And let's switch topics to impeachment, Manu. House Republicans are turning up the heat on President Biden. They say they're ready to launch an impeachment inquiry. Listen to what House Speaker Mike Johnson said over the weekend about that. Next to the declaration of war, I think impeachment is probably the heaviest power that the Congress has, the House specifically, under the Constitution. So we have to be very methodical and careful and follow the facts where they lead. The impeachment inquiry is the next necessary step because the White House is now stonewalling our investigation. Mm. What are you hearing, Manu? Well, the, the impeachment inquiry has been going on since September, since when then-Speaker McCarthy announced he would move forward with this unilaterally without a vote of the House. There does not actually need to be a vote of the House, but Republican leaders want to show some forward momentum here. But to do so, they need to convince all but three Republicans to vote for this going forward. And at the moment, it appears that vulnerable Republicans plan to endorse this idea of authorizing an impeachment inquiry. But I spoke to several of those vulnerable members, and they are making clear here that yes, they'll be, they're okay with allowing the investigation go, to go forward, but some of them are making clear they want to focus on other priorities instead. I have said before and I'll say again, I think the American people deserve the right to know answers to questions. However, I really also believe that we need to continue to focus on the priorities that we had coming into the, this Congress. I'm very comfortable with the impeachment inquiry at this point. You think your constituents want you to be pursuing an impeachment inquiry? I don't believe this is an issue of my constituents or the political effects. This an inquiry is so much different than an impeachment. I don't think so. This is just, we're trying to get the facts. So that is the question. Where does this go from here? We do expect one Republican to vote against this, at least on Wednesday, when it comes for a vote. That's Ken Buck of Colorado. But will they actually get the votes ultimately to impeach Joe Biden, making him just the fourth president ever to be impeached by the House representatives? Right now, they simply don't have the votes for that because a lot of the Republicans say the evidence simply is not there yet to connect Hunter Biden to Joe Biden. And that's what Republicans who are investing in this want to prove in the weeks ahead. Manu, thank you for all that reporting. Appreciate it. And former President Donald Trump doubled down this weekend on his plan to be a dictator, but only for one day. Should we take him literally? I'm Ina Garten. Welcome to Be My Guest, the podcast. One of the best gifts you can give friends is spending time together. But what's even better than that? Cooking with them. On Be My Guest, the podcast, New friends and old stop by my barn for some conversation and great cooking. We talk about food, life, 
and everything in between. Listen to Be My Guest, the podcast with me, Ina Garten, and join us wherever you get your podcasts. This weekend, Donald Trump doubled down on comments he made about being a dictator, though he promises only for a day. In the past few weeks, the radical left Democrats and their fake news allies have unveiled their newest hoax that Donald J. Trump and the Republican Party are a threat to democracy. Do you believe that? We call it now the threat to democracy hoax. Because that's what it is. I said I want to be a dictator for one day. But the New York Times said, and you know why I wanted to be a dictator? Because I want a wall, right? I want a wall and I want to drill, drill, drill. The Atlantic is out this month with an entire issue dedicated to concerns about threats to democracy that a second Trump administration could represent. In an editor's note, Jeffrey Goldberg writes, our concern with Trump is not that he is a Republican or that he embraces when convenient certain conservative ideas. Our concern is that the Republican Party has mortgaged itself to an anti-democratic demagogue, one who is completely devoid of decency. Joining me now is the person who wrote that, the editor-in-chief of The Atlantic, Jeffrey Goldberg. So obviously you wrote that before the dictator for a day uh, comments, both last weekend and this past weekend as well. What do you make of those comments? I don't know. You know, we put out a whole special issue uh, and then he just goes and says it. You know, (laughs) Uh, we put a lot of work to a lot, a lot of work in there to try to prove that he has dictatorial tendencies, and then he just goes and says it, which, by the way, is his kind of superpower in a way. You know, he, he, uh, unlike other politicians who, when they say something outrageous, they walk it back. He, he, he goes further. You know, we've seen that since 2015 when he started attacking John McCain. You know, uh, a war hero as uh, you know a kind of person that that's worthy of disrespect. Um, and so, and so, this this is part of a pattern. It's it's he neutralizes the serious criticism by embracing it, and he uh, he overturns the the traditional rules of political physics. But mm-hmm. here we are. He's embracing this idea that he's going to be a dictator, and um, I don't think that I think that American citizens who take politicians and politics seriously ought to consider the fact that. The putative nominee of one of the two major parties is promising to rule as a dictator. I know he says for one day. I, I don't even know what that means. I mean, this is just we're we're at a level of uh, of, of absurdity here, and, and he's telling us what he's going to do. Let's listen to some of the response from some uh, Republicans on Capitol Hill. Some who are fans of Donald Trump. Some who are not. It's entertainment. And, you know, you, we've been around uh, him long enough. It's entertaining. I think it was a joke. <laughs> I think that's probably just fairly uh, kind of uh, typical Trump rhetoric. We all know Trump uh, uses uh, unique expressions when he explains things. It sort of reminds me, Jeffrey, of uh, Corey Lewandowski when he was Donald Trump's campaign manager back in 2015, beginning of 2016, where he said you should take Donald Trump uh, seriously, but not literally. But I feel like yeah. the four years of his presidency changed maybe the way we should view him. We should not be surprised by not just the things he says, but the things that right. he does. Right. I'll make two quick points about the reaction. 
that you you played there from members of of Congress. Uh, the 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 first is that <clears throat> you and I both know plenty of people in Congress, plenty of Republicans in Congress, and we know who they actually feel about Donald Trump. They're scared of Donald Trump. They're repulsed by Donald Trump. They don't like anti-democratic language, most of them at least. But they're but they're frightened for their jobs. And so this is not what they say on camera. Is not what they say privately. Some of them say it publicly, like Mitt Romney and people like that, and they tend to be the people who leave mm -hmm. Congress. The second point is, is, is there's a double standard here because, um, you know, these same people, let's use the, the war in the Middle East as an example. Hamas and Iran say things about Israel and Jews and America, and they say outrageous things. And these, these guys quite fairly say, Believe them when they say what they, they're not just joking, but believe people when they tell you what they want to do and what they set out to do. So, uh, you know, I'm not comparing uh, American politicians to Hamas, God forbid, but I'm saying, like, let's apply the standard here. When political leaders of any stripe, political groups of any stripe say to you what they're going to do, it's best for you to believe them. And, and, and not dismiss it as a joke. I mean, we, we already have January 6th as evidence that Donald Trump does not want to conform to the norms of democratic behavior. So I, I, I find their sort of dismissal um, disconcerting. Jeffrey Goldberg, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, the uh, entire issue, as we said, is dedicated to what a Donald Trump second term would look like. And it's like everything you do, incredibly well thought out and well explored and explained and reported. Appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Up next, in breaking news on special counsel Jack Smith. He's taking his case to the Supreme Court. Breaking news, special counsel Jack Smith is asking the Supreme Court to decide whether Donald Trump has immunity from criminal prosecution for alleged crimes he committed while in office. CNN's Paula Reed and Joan Biskupic join me now. Paula, explain what Jack Smith asked of the Supreme Court exactly. This is huge. This is the first time the special counsel is going right to the Supreme Court, and he is asking them to decide the question of whether former President Trump is immune from criminal prosecution. Now, this is a question that Trump has been litigating. Uh, he lost at the district court level. He said he intended to appeal, but usually an appeal would at least first go to the Court of Appeals. And then, depending on what happens there, possibly go to the Supreme Court. But the special counsel here is saying, no, no, just you guys take this up now. Because, yes, this is an interesting constitutional question, but the special counsel is mindful of the calendar. This is all about timing. So here the special counsel is saying, look, we need you to decide this now so that this case can go on as planned in March. In fact, they're also saying that, look, even if you don't want to take this question up, if you don't want to skip the Court of Appeals, can you at least tell the Court of Appeals to do this quickly? Because, Dana, if a question like this goes through the normal channels, it can take months, possibly yeah. well over a year, to decide this, which could push that trial until after the election. Joan, how likely is it, based on your uh, experience in covering the court, that they will uh, say yes to short-circuiting the process. Well, what Jack Smith has done with his team is to point up a very important precedent, taking us all back to the summer of 1974 and the Watergate era mm -hmm. and the tapes case. And what Jack Smith is saying here is that this court was able to handle that kind of urgent question back in 1974, heard arguments. I think they got the petition in uh, the summer 
June, July. They heard arguments roughly July 9th, if I'm remembering right, and they issued an opinion on July 24th. This was all in a matter of days, and we know what the consequence there was. The, the court said unanimously that Richard Nixon did not have absolute privilege to withhold those tapes. This kind of question is exactly of that magnitude now. And what they're saying is, today is what, the 11th? Mm -hmm. They're saying if by, if get the response from the other side, from the Trump team by December 18th, and we will waive a longer uh, response period ourselves to get this all on the calendar as soon as possible. And the justices actually could do it. Mm -hmm. They have space in their calendar to do this. It's not, uh, we don't have the kind of term we had two years ago. They don't have a, yet a big abortion case pending. They could pick one up this Wednesday, actually, the abortion medication case. But what Jack Smith has tried to do here is say, whatever else you have, this is so important. Yeah. It involves uh, the, uh, obviously, uh, things stemming from January 6th, the, the imminence of the trial coming, and the need for the Supreme Court to step in and resolve this immunity yeah, question I, is so important. Yeah, what you just said is, it, well, all of what you both said is very important, but the, the precedent, the fact that Jack Smith is pointing to Watergate. Yeah. And not only is that critical for president, it also reminds all of us how, to use your word, huge uh, this is mm -hmm. and would be uh, when it comes to the ability or inability to prosecute a former president and whether or not he would be immune uh, from these alleged crimes. Thank you both so sure. much. I'm sure we're going to see you all day today <laughs> explaining even more as you get more information. And thank you so much for watching Inside Politics. CNN News Central starts after the break. When you work, you work next level. And when you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599. Save $300 for a limited time, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.